0: churches, where people, children of God from so many different places and backgrounds come together, unified for one purpose, and it's so beautiful, and it's an honor to be with you this morning. Let me pray. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, um, we have nothing that you haven't given to us. Everything we have has come from you. And your word says all things are for, by, and through you, To you be the glory forever. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would move and you would give me his mind and his heart and his words, and that you would take mine away. And I pray, God, that each person here, that you would work whatever it is that you purpose in their hearts, uniquely for them, but that, God, Heavenly Father, you would be glorified. Jesus, that your work that you finished and accomplished on the cross um, would be glorified, would bring glory and glorify to you through this time together this morning and through our lives. So we give it to you, and we ask that you be here powerfully now, in Jesus' name. Amen. If I were to, um, by the way, greetings from Kansas City, USA, Um, many of you probably have no idea where that is, but it is right in the middle of the United States, Um, and there might be a few of you in the room that know about something called the Super Bowl, but the Kansas City Chiefs just won it, and everybody's very happy back there, Um, I'll just tell you that. Greetings from many brothers and sisters in the United States who have been praying even for this morning. Hundreds have been. And with my whole heart, I believe the enemy does not want you to hear this. And so often, um, as I travel around the world and have opportunities to speak, I often think I have nothing to say. And the things that I share are so simple There's nothing profound in them. But I find time and time again that the reception is excitement and enthusiasm and it is, I believe, God's heart. His word, if I were to pick one passage that would summarize (laughs) living on purpose, which is what I'm here to, to speak about today, and it is about workplace and it's not because this message honestly really truly is for every single person and many of you are not in what you call the workplace you may be homemakers you may be students this is for everybody and the enemy does not want you to hear this let me share um, the passage that I would say would be the passage that I would be speaking from if I was choosing one. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? For who is first given to him, and that shall be given back to him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Any of you recognize that passage? It is the very end of Romans chapter 11. And the Apostle Paul then goes on to say right at the beginning of chapter 12, what our response should be. And we spoke of, we sung of this, above all this amazing Jesus Christ, who did this amazing thing for us. What then should our response be? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable which is your spiritual act of worship. Spiritual act of worship. What we did was worship, but there is nothing more worshipful than to say, take me. And if we give him a piece of us, oh, he may use that piece of us. But if we give him all of us, oh my what he does with that and all over the world I would say including myself my natural tendency is to resist giving him all of me Um, I actually took some notes, I never do what I'm about to do but I really felt the Lord prompting me to take some notes this morning and share some things before I started with, with you, I don't know why but so let me share this I said Satan doesn't want you to hear this he really doesn't want you to do this spiritual warfare is very hot all over you see it and I don't look for a devil behind every corner oh but he's very opposed and he's very opposed to what I'm about to share with you and I can tell each time before I take a trip the spiritual heat the battle grows and before this trip I really didn't think I would be with you today Um, I took a very bad fall two weeks ago and I I fractured three ribs and I broke my lumbar and I thought the trip was over And here I am in front of you and it's by the grace of God it really is But I know Satan did not want me here. I came to faith as a teenager in the the 70s, and I've been married to my wife, Sue, for 40 years now. Uh, This coming June, we have three grown daughters. We have three young grandchildren who all moved to Kansas City to be near us. It's like, yay. I spent 30 years in the tech industry before I joined the leadership team of a Christian nonprofit 10 years ago. And I join them to recast its vision. And its vision is disciple makers from all professions. That doesn't exclude the religious professions. It includes religious professions. And it includes everybody else. Everybody else. And whether you're a professional or not, it includes you. Bringing God's love to life in the world's least reached marketplaces. Um, since that time, I've connected with thousands. People from all different nations and all different backgrounds, and I just want to recap recount a few. College students by the hundreds in China. NGO workers by the scores in Myanmar and in Vietnam. Filipino domestic workers by the scores in Milan. Indian tech professionals just this past weekend in Chennai. Teachers in Bihar, India, a difficult place. Senior financial and consulting executives in Frankfurt. NGO workers in the Middle East teachers, musicians, arts professionals, professional athletes, athletic trainers, dietitians, construction workers, oil and gas professionals, hotel workers, software developers, military professional, agricultural specialists, top business and government leaders, World Bank presidents, CEOs, students, I may have left someone out that's just to give you a sense stay at home spouses and children everywhere all over the world this is for everyone no matter who you are you see our purpose even though we come from so many different places everyone we share one purpose and it's the thing that brings You all here from so many different places in the world. That one purpose is to know Him and make Him known. As we know Him, we make Him known. I don't care where we are from, it is to know Him and make Him known. How do we do that? Let's talk about that. Living on purpose experiencing joy that we were made to experience. We've written a devotional that just highlights critical biblical principles. And this is one subset of that devotional. Living from a Kingdom Mindset. So a most important question, I love posing this question as I travel around the world. Why does the Father leave us on earth? After we've come to faith, why? Why does he leave us here? Is it really to pursue a little bit of career and a little bit of family and and oh, we'll, we'll lead a Bible study and I mean that's good is it really to do all of those things and wait to experience the fullness of God why does he not just take us home to heaven I believe the answer is to join God in his redemptive work to be messengers of reconciliation bringing light and life to darkness and death oh with my whole heart I believe this each and every one of us and truly um, spiritually especially speaking but also in terms of reality physical reality this is a picture of the world without him and without his presence without his blessing on the left and what happens when his presence and his blessing comes to a place how does his blessing and presence come to a place through you and through me living on purpose knowing my deepest purpose and living that purpose out with fullest intention Experiencing the joy he wants you to experience. And I mean this with my whole heart. Now, the enemy. I mean, he's awful, everyone. He is terrible. And let's just say this I believe his word says that he cannot take the most precious thing from us, he cannot take our salvation. Jesus says. I have sealed you know I these are mine he can't take that from us oh but he could take the second most precious thing from us and he is he's stealing it from his from God's children all over the world our purpose he's stealing that from us he's he's caused us to go blind So as I share around the world, people say, okay, I understand. I I should express him. What, What do I do? Where do I start? How do I do this in my place? And the places are as varied as the number of children of followers of Christ are. I'm going to talk about that today, about how. This is not a way to proselytize. This is not proselytizing. It isn't evangelism. Now, God has made some as evangelists. I am not putting down evangelism, especially among those who have that gift. He's made you to do it. Most of us don't have that gift. So what does it look like for us? Oh, is it fun to share what I'm about to share with you. It is not asking you to strap something else onto impossibly busy schedules. How am I going to do this on top of everything else? It is literally an invitation by Him to be who He made you to be. To be that person all the time. So yes, this is going to talk about the workplace because the workplace has been so ignored. But as we engage with people, we engage with whole people. And we look at the whole person. And we look at what happens at home. And we look at what happens in the neighborhood and in social settings. And yes, in work and in church. Live as he intends you to live. Be. Just be. I don't know if any of you are feeling what I first felt when I first realized this is what he was calling me to do. But there was a freedom. There was a, I could just be who he made me to be. What is that? Core principles. This is a seven-week devotional, and I'm going to talk about one of the weeks. It starts... With seeing God for who he is. No tip. On sharing your faith. And walking and demonstrating Jesus. Is going to work. Unless we see a very big God. And we are abiding with him. And in very tight relationship with him. He says so. So. That. Everything starts there. And the pursuit of that is key. Now, can you do this if he hasn't reached the pinnacle of grandness and bigness to you? I just want to say one thing about this. Oh, yes. Because he is constantly through our lifetime revealing more and more and more to us. Where I would go with this is in each moment of our lives there's usually something that's testing us. There's something that's makes us question who he is. There's something that makes us wonder about him and doubt him. And it's that thing in that moment he's saying, give that to me. Give that thing to me and let me show you what I do with that. And so constantly we grow in our knowledge and awareness of him, understanding and following his purpose. Why he's made me dating back before the fall and sure the fall disrupted everything but now Jesus but now Jesus came and now we know him and we are his representatives you know how we pray in that great prayer that Jesus taught us to pray the Our Father thy kingdom come thy will be done we, I want you to take this away with you, are kingdom comers, we who know him. The kingdom is alive in us, and we are bringing that kingdom to every dark corner. So when we pray that prayer, we should be praying, Oh God, give me the ability to be a kingdom comer to the places that you have me. viewing work from God's perspective. Unlike anything else in creation, as grand as creation is, man is the pinnacle. Man is the pinnacle. It's not because God has two eyes, two ears, and a nose. (laughs) Maybe he does, but... um, It's the way we live, we reflect Him in our work, in our creativity. Oh, there's some beautiful things in this study that talks about that and how we reflect him and then living from a kingdom mindset which is what we're going to talk about today loving radically let me just make a comment here living from a kingdom mindset teaches us what it looks like in very difficult settings to make decisions that reflect the kingdom and I was just speaking with Philip earlier today, and there's, there's many questions about what that looks like in many situations. His Word says things to us, and His Holy Spirit says things to us. Now that's living from a kingdom mindset. I steward everything, nothing is mine. What does it look like? What would you, God, have me do right now? What would you have me do? Loving radically that gets to what does that look like and what do people feel as they engage with me and literally it is saying let me reflect Jesus Christ who emptied himself emptied himself when people feel love like that and this is not love you can determine and strengthen yourself and grit your teeth this is love that comes from heaven empowered by the Holy Spirit that looks way different than any love you can manufacture for someone and people don't know what to do with it other than say what is this? what is this? I told you Jesus living out in the open Living out in the open is not telling people, you better have Jesus or you're going to hell. Living out in the open is saying, I've encountered this living Jesus Christ, and I'm his follower. And everything that you experience from me flows from that. And now they don't wonder why you are the way you are. And if your life is so radically different than everybody else's and so attractive people will want to know why you are the way you are and you will have so many opportunities to share the hope that is inside you 1 Peter three fifteen, and then practicing his presence literally there are times when I've been with with senior leaders and The situations they are in are, what do I do? Well, he's given you his spirit to help you with that. So living from a kingdom mindset, mindset drives everything. Who here doesn't experience mindset every day? There's a mindset here, is there not? In this place. But there's a mindset everywhere we go our own native countries have a mindset we have a mindset what has informed our mindset and how intentional have we been this is so critical it's the difference if we don't focus on our mindset it's the difference between thinking I'm going to run a race and win it though I'm crippled and dragging a tire behind me, (laughs) and actually competing to win. We must address this whole question of mindset. I'm a marketplace guy. As I said, I spent 30 years in the tech industry. I graduated with a business degree from the University of Minnesota in 1980, a long time ago, Um, and I worked for some big companies and I had a lot of success Um, I also didn't know if I could be a believer a Christian in these places because these places were really hostile that may surprise some of you they were really hostile I was told I could not bring my faith to the workplace or I'd be fired and there were plenty of stories of that happening God granted me ridiculous success at a very young age. He showed me how to do my job and work with integrity when I didn't think I could succeed. And I thought I would end up being fired and then one day, he came to the rescue and he just blessed me, granted me favor and I had business coming so fast. And from that moment on, the integrity with which I worked Kind of caused ripple effects so that clients wanted to do business with me. But God, God brought me that. But my faith work reality is that I was working in companies that were very opposed to my expression of my Christian faith. And after I experienced some success a number of years, I didn't even realize this was happening. But that success started becoming more and more important to me. And I became more and more fearful of what I would lose if I was bold, To the point where I actually shut it down. None of my peers, I worked, my first company had 70,000, 70,000 employees. I did not know another believer. Now, I know there were believers there. There had to be. But they looked like everybody else. What kind of a witness is that? What kind of light is that? And I didn't know who they were. And oh, did I feel alone. Any of you relate to this? Uncertainty, how do I start? Where do I go? What do I do? And there was no practical help. I never never really received help from anywhere. So consequently, I was promoted to my company's headquarters in their senior management fast track training program. They were grooming a select group of us for senior leadership at a very young age. Um, Among the people in my select group was Mark Hurd. Mark Hurd just recently passed away. He was CEO of Oracle. He was in my group. He was CEO of Hewlett-Packard before that, and he was CEO of my company before that. But it was those people. But I was told, don't bring your faith here. And, oh, it's a really good idea if you fit in well, too. And fitting in meant doing what we do. Going out getting drunk together. Going out to places my wife would be horrified if she knew it I'd ever gone to them going to those kinds of places entertaining customers these ways now I didn't do those things and I thought I was putting a really big stake in the ground and taking a huge risk by not doing those things I was standing out but it was too far to then say I'm a Christian I couldn't do that either and there wasn't a day during those years that I wasn't feeling torn inside because the I just wasn't living who I was at all can any of you relate at all so I hid despite my hiding God blessed me I had great success as a product manager in my company and my product lines flourished I don't I don't I have no idea why God granted me such favor when I was denying him. But he did. And they threw the executives of my company threw a going away party for me as I was appointed to a really senior role at a really young age, head sales for Los Angeles at 28 years old. And my company just did not do those things. They would send you to very small cities. And so there were executives from around the country that came, and they were backslapping and cheering, and I was pretending to feel like they wanted me to feel. But I wasn't feeling that way. Inside, all I could think about was shame and how I had denied Christ over and over and over. The thought that landed on, that I landed on was Peter denied Jesus three times. And they wrote about him in the Gospels and we read about him today. And I denied him 3,000 times. How could he even want to look on me? I went out to my car after everybody left. I shut the door and I lost it. I just sobbed and wept bitterly, bitterly, for probably 10 or 15 minutes. But God, right in that moment, and it had changed the course of my life, second only to discovering him, he sent a colleague to my car, sea of 10,000 parking spaces, and there was a knock on my window. My windows were fogged up. Thank goodness, because he couldn't see me, you know, cleaning up. And I rolled down my window and I said, yeah, what what, what are you doing here? And this guy's an atheist, and he talked about his hatred for Christians. He always had. And he said to me, I've been around Christians all my life, and they've been nothing but hypocrites. They say one thing, but then they step on people, and they use people, and they backstab people, and they're self-promoters they're ugly until I met you my friends I cannot tell you how shocked I was could you imagine feeling such shame and then hearing this from him and oh I did not hear God saying you actually did great no deep in my spirit I felt him saying I love you, and I used you even when you were disobedient and fearful. Now go to Los Angeles and be courageous and bold for me. Believe me for what I'll do. See what I do." I was so relieved. I was so relieved that he hadn't quit on me. I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do anything. And then I was going, I will? I'll do what? What am I going to do? God show me. You have to show me. I have no idea. But I'll do it. And oh by the way my office was in basically Beverly Hills. A throne of narcissism hedonism and I was surrounded by that. I'm 28 years old. I'm leading a team of people 15 20 years older than me. I'm coming from the middle of the US where people on the coast disdain. They look down on people from the Midwest. And now I'm going to tell them, I'm a Christian. Show me God. And he did. This is the sixth of the seventh week devotional, so I'm going to touch on this, and then I'm going to go deeper on a kingdom mindset. But this is part of it. He said to me, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does one light a lamp light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light to everyone, to all in the house. In the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. I think what a great guy Jim is. Give glory to my father. Now how are they going to give glory to my father unless I've already testified he's my father? How are they going to do that? Right? So many people say just be good. There's a lot of people that are good. Their good works are not light. Good works tied to Jesus Christ as the source of that. His light. So what happened? I gathered my team together and I self-declared. Here's what I did as I begged God to show me. I said, Lord, help me. I brought my team together and we spent the day together. And I asked each one of them to share with the whole group who they were. Where did you you come from? How did you come to this place to this day? What's your background? Who's your family? What did you come from? What are you passionate about? What do you care deeply about? What are you really good at? What are you really good at that you're doing here? What are you really bad at? What are you really bad at that you're doing here and you hate doing? It was a rich time, you guys. And they learned things about each other they didn't know about each other. It was a really good team building time. And for me, it really helped me get to know them. And I would, from that day forward, I used that information. After they all shared, I then said, Let me tell you about me. What I'm about to tell you, I don't expect you to understand. But it's important that you know it about me because it'll help you understand why I'm maybe not, maybe not why I'm so different. Twelve years ago, when I was 16, I discovered that Jesus Christ wasn't just someone written about in an old book, but that he's alive. And I don't expect you to understand that or get that. Because I wouldn't have before that moment. But I had this encounter with him, and he's been with me ever since, and he's changed me. And he informs everything about me, and more and more each day, he makes me more and more in his image, more like him. But I'm not like that yet, that will happen and go on my whole life. So right now, there's many ways that I'm still not like him at all. Please watch for those things and call me out. Oh, they like doing that part. Um, but here's why I am the way I am. And now they had something. I put a stake in the ground, and now it's how will I look different? Um, immediately. Immediately, immediately, things started to happen. For example, the next morning, I was met at my office by another person in the office. I didn't run the whole office. I ran a significant team in the office. There was a young woman who wasn't part of my team who met me at the door of my office at 6 in the morning, very early. and She was waiting for me to, to come because she wanted to, to yell at me. And shake her fist at me and I was shocked I was surprised Um, what gives you the right you jerk to think you could tell a woman what to do with her body thinking I never even talked about that yesterday (laughs) Um, what are you talking about you Christians think that you could tell women that they should not have abortions. There are bodies. You don't know anything. What gives you the right? And she was mad. I mean, I I would be embarrassed to try to recreate what she was doing and saying. And my mind started to go with, what do I say to her? Well, I believe in the sanctity of life that every life is precious. I believe that life is life at conception i and i'm just thinking oh none of those responses are any good i'm about to i'm going to share something with you that became a lifelong principle dear god give me your mind give me your heart right now i don't know what to say but you do and you know this woman And you know what's going on, and you know exactly what, how I should engage with her right now. And he gave me that. And he gave me a question to ask her. I never would have thought of this question. I never would have. Excuse me, but can I ask you a question? You came in so early on my second day, and you don't, I've not even met you to confront me and. And to rage at me. Why are you so angry? Why? Did you get up to do this? What? What? Tell me. I want to understand. And as soon as I asked the question, her rage-filled face melted. She put her hands, her head in her hands, and she starts sobbing. what's going on I killed my baby and God hates me and could never forgive me this was my second day and I had the chance to share the gospel with her and how the father gave his only son oh did these things come I don't have time to share with you but simply testifying of who he was open the door this is the other passage the Lord gave me there were things in this passage that shocked me even though I'd read them over and over my first 12 years and when I came to you brothers I did not come proclaiming the testimony of God with a lofty speech or wisdom have you ever been afraid of how someone would argue you and you wouldn't have an answer i know i i felt that way how could you believe in a god who lets millions of children die of aids or millions of children die of of hunger and starvation or millions of people get ravaged in war in in genocide i didn't have answers for those things I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What was Paul saying? All I know is that the Creator of everything, Supreme Being over all things, left all that to humble himself. <laughs> to be sacrificed on a cross for me, the supreme being of all. That's all I know. I can stand on that. I don't know many things, but that I know. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. How many of you think of Paul and think of weakness and fear and much trembling? That's not how we think of it, but he says it. And my speech were not implausible words of wisdom, but what? Demonstration. Spirit and of power. Demonstration. I'm going, okay, I can do this. I can't do it in my strength, but with his spirit. Okay, tracking with me. So let's go into the new mindset journey. And mindsets aren't just any beliefs, as you know, because like we said, we encounter mindsets here, You've in other places that have mindsets. Mindsets frame situations, and they lock you in. You try to change a mindset of another people, and you know, try to change your mindset. It is what the king Challenges you to do. Change your mindset to a kingdom, to my mindset. Allow me to change your mindset. When our mindsets become habitual, they define who we are and who we can become. So this is a, a pretty famous researcher in the U.S. I'd say, although this isn't biblical, it's true and you see how set in stone mindsets are your daily behavior reveals your deepest beliefs your mindset this is a senior leadership consultant it's not scripture it's a senior leadership consultant our behavior reveals what we most deeply believe reveals our mindsets or David says in Psalm 23, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or Jesus in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. A kingdom mindset, a kingdom heart, demonstrates the kingdom come. Let's talk about life expressions of a kingdom mindset. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Do not be haughty. Associate with the <laughs> lowly. Never be wise. Never be wise. Repay no one evil. Live peaceably. Don't avenge. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. I used to think that these were words of Jesus Christ that Surely he didn't really mean them. I'm here to tell you, he really meant them. He really did. But can I say something so important right now? This doesn't mean, okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do this nice thing for my enemy. Oh I hate doing this. No. If he changes our mindset, our heart, They don't just experience the act. They experience the emotion and the love that goes with that act. That only Jesus can change in us. I could share other other passages. You see where I'm going with this. But Jesus himself demonstrated it. He had a mindset. Our talk becomes our walk, and the world can't help but notice. We are not proselytizing. We are living. We are living in a way so profoundly different. People cannot get over it. We are kingdom comers, kingdom comers, and oh, we stand out. If I could live this way in my own strength, it would wouldn't prove my need for Jesus and His presence and power. Because none of us can live this way in our own strength, and we need community. Besides, He made us for community to pursue this together, in community. Imagine a Bible study that's focused not only on knowledge, head knowledge of what his word says but on whole life expression right now in this moment with what's happening in my life. Imagine a Bible study, a small group like that. That's what we're launching around the world. So how do we acquire this? We move toward God. Love his word we love 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 his word we abide in it it is precious to us his word is life and light we abide in him with prayer meditation and trust we are walking with him in prayer daily basis and my prayer starts with spending most of my time coming to the place where I yet again experience awe of him awe and wonder of my God because if I don't see a God that I'm in awe and wonder of it's pretty hard for me to trust him so every day my time starts in a spin and going God show me yourself before I pray anything give me awe and wonder for you and then obeying him Jesus says if you love me you'll do what I say what happens though in learning anything new in life you can imagine riding a bike But until you get on that bike, you're not going to know the first thing really truly about riding it or anything else. And it's the same with trusting Him and leaning out there, submitting to His Holy Spirit, walking in the power and presence of His Spirit, and doing this together in the body. He made us for community in pursuit of this together. That's what He made us for. So you all know the parable of the sower and the seed, right? What's that parable? Cast seed and some goes where? Some goes hard ground. Some goes thorns and thistles. Some goes in shallow soil. Some goes in deep. How many farmers do you know that just scatter seed anywhere? Do any farmers that do that? What do farmers do before they scatter seed? They prepare the soil, right? They break the ground up, they soften it, they fertilize it, they prepare it, right? We don't talk about that in this parable, but this is essential. your Holy Spirit-empowered demonstration of Christ, His love, His selflessness, mercy, grace, kindness, character. This prepares the soil of hearts. So you're not just throwing seed at a hard heart. You have broken that hard heart with love, selflessness, leaning forward in hard. It breaks hard ground. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, he's talking about this scenario. He's not talking about agriculture. I planted Apollo's water but God gave the growth. It's him that gives the growth but we're his fellow workers. And it's not just in sowing the seed, it's in breaking the hard ground. I'll go back. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry. That's our ministry, you guys. This is why He left us on earth. Every single one of us. As in God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Entrusting. Therefore we are his ambassadors. What's an ambassador? You have ambassadors here. They come representing another place, do they not? and they engage. But they come representing another place. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. And when we see that and when we start living this way, I became cross-cultural in my own culture. I looked like no one else in my own culture. You know what translates even better than English? You, All of you are here because you've learned English. Love. Love translates even better than English. You are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You are a letter from Christ. You are a love letter, a flesh love letter, flesh and blood and the flesh he gives you arms to put around someone, he gives you eyes to cry with someone, he gives you resources to shower on someone and we literally are Jesus to people we are You do not need to evangelize and proselytize. You need to demonstrate this and not hide. This is why I am the way I am. So concluding story. um, There's one woman that I connected with in the last couple years who said to me in, in one setting, my boss is horrible. She is so awful. And everybody sees it and knows it. Um... This woman had lost her five-year-old daughter. Her five-year-old daughter had just passed away. And this boss was, even with that, so cruel to her. Could you imagine having someone really mistreat you right after, and you're just trying to breathe? So she asks me a question. How can I make her pay? How can I get back at her? Well, first question I had is, I was thinking, why are you asking me that question? I'm, that's not what I'm here talking about. But um, I started doing what I say I do all the time. Oh God, give me your mind, give me your heart. What would you have me say to this woman? You know, I don't know. Here's what he he answered that prayer. Okay, I have a question for you. Do you want me to answer your question as you asked it, or do you want me to share something with you that will change your life for the better forever? You should have seen the look on her face. Uh, well, I kind of want my question answered, but I look pretty silly if I say I don't want something that will change my life for the better forever for my change my life for the better I said good good choice I said first of all um, there's no person that wouldn't understand if you got back at your boss if you made her pay everybody would understand no one would think any less of you it's perfectly natural But do you understand that we have the opportunity in each and every relationship we are in, each and every one, to be a life giver or a life taker in that relationship with that person? Who do you want to be as a person? Do you want to be a life taker? Is that who you want to be? Would that make you feel good? no I want to be a life giver good okay so at every turn even though she deserves other from you at every turn here's what I urge you to do is work for her good show her love and care no matter what she does to you respond with grace and kindness and do go out of your way to help her. What? That's crazy. I said, yes. It is. It looks like what no one else does, right? But what will happen to your boss after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, of your response is constantly this this response of love, of help, of care, not lashing back, of oh, she's going to have to think, what is this? <laughs> Second, your colleagues and co-workers will notice. Oh, they will notice. We see all kinds of things, and you will be noticed, and you will be talked about. And in a very, very favorable way. And third, in the executive team rooms and in the boardrooms, when they're looking for who do we need for this really key project? We need people who are the best of the best, who are the glue, who and your name will come up and you will be chosen. And I know this because I have sat in those rooms and I have made those decisions. But underneath all of this is God's Word says to do this. And it's a universal truth and principle. Do this. Fifteen months went by before I spoke to her again. And she was so excited to talk to me. She said, I have to tell you what happened. I've had, since that time, four promotions. I was stunned. I'm now working as lead project leader on the biggest project in the company, the merger of the technology systems of three companies. And I work for the top executive in the company who says, what do you need? How can I help you? My profile is at the top of the company now. I was cheering. And then what she said next was even better, if you could believe it. I saw the woman last week, my old boss. She was rushing through the foyer, rushing towards a group of us who who were speaking, and it looked like she was upset. It looked like maybe she was even crying as she got closer, and I thought first, yes, she got hers. And then I immediately thought, wait, 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 she's hurting. And as she rushed past, she said, excuse me, but are you okay? Do you, do you need someone to talk to? I, No, no. And she took two or three more steps, and then she stopped and just stood with her back to me. And then she turned slowly and said, could we talk? Could we go for coffee? And we went, and she shared things over the next hour, Jim, that were so painful, so hard. I, I cried with her. I wept with her. I had no idea these things were going on in her life. I will never look at her the same way, and I will never just judge and assume someone the same way again. That's a kingdom comer. this is not a strategy for reaching your colleagues and your neighbors. And it isn't asking you to strap something on to your impossibly busy lives. But it literally is asking you to consider being who he's made you to be and pursuing that and living that out. With all the intent you have And we join Him. We join Him in His great purposes. Let me pray. Oh, Father, um, how is it that You could take sinners, broken people, messy people like us, who have nothing redeeming in us as You came to us, and then not only save us and redeem us but then use us for such beautiful things and to be agents of light and life and redemption and restoration oh God um, the enemy does not want your church to hear this and to do this but it is your heart and it is why I believe you've left us here and God would you do what you intend and purpose in this church and in each person's life that's here, you know what that is. It is all for you, because everything does come through you. And so, Lord, um, we give it back to you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.